0: Welcome to the Operate Podcast, where we give you a behind-the-scenes look at company building from the perspective of the builders themselves. This is how we operate. Welcome to the Operate Podcast. I'm Kerry Ransom. Today's episode is sponsored by Hunt Club, a new category of search firm that leverages the power of relationships and referrals to find you the best talent for your company. Their technology transforms thousands of subject matter experts into the world's most powerful talent network. And they've got over 10,000 trusted industry leaders that refer top talent and their network nationwide to exciting positions that you might have. If you want more info, reach out to me or you can go to Hunt Club and tell them that I sent you. I'm super excited to have Tommy Tallarico with me on the show today. But before we get to hear from Tommy, let me tell you a little bit about him. He is currently the CEO and president of Intellivision Entertainment. And that's a name that many of you may recall from a prior era. 40 years ago, it was a household name as really one of the pioneers of the video game industry. Tommy and his team have built on that legacy and they are bringing it back in a simple, affordable, family-focused game and entertainment package. We're definitely gonna talk a lot about that today. He also has over 30 years experience in the gaming industry in virtually every imaginable role. And as a lifelong entrepreneur, I can totally relate. Um, He's been a designer, he's been a producer, been a writer, he's even been the head of audio, video, and a number of other roles as well. He's an accomplished musician, and he even holds some Guinness Book of World Records, and I didn't get to ask him about those uh, before the show. So I, I want to hear a little bit about that as well. Tommy, super happy and excited to have you with me today on the podcast.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. Boy, I sound busy. All that stuff you're saying, Jeez.
0: Absolutely,
1: I'm. <laughs> I am certain that you are. Oh my gosh, you start. You know, I started to uh, feel a little nervous there. I'm like, geez, I gotta go now. <laughs>
0: Well, thanks for carving out a little time. So yeah. I, you know, I gave a quick introduction uh, introduction to Intellivision in this current form, but I'd love to hear it in your words. You know, walk me through how you're really bringing this iconic brand back.
1: Yeah, well, you know, Intellivision was the brand uh, that, that I grew up with. Same here. Um, you know? Yeah. So, you know, playing skiing with my mom or Major League Baseball, you're out with my dad and, uh, you know, all the all the great hockey with my brother. I mean, there are so many great, great memories. And when I think of in television, I think of my mom, my dad, my brother, my friends coming over playing video games together. It was an in-person experience that mm-hmm. that that I still carry with me those memories with me to this day, you know, 100%. And, and, you know, being in the industry for 32 years now and working on, you know, some of the biggest selling video game franchises of all time, you know, you, you see that, you know, especially over the last 10 years, the video game industry has kind of, you know, um, it's gone in a direction that that's kind of taken us away from the roots yeah. of video gaming. And what I mean by that is... Um, you know, you look at uh, our, our industry is $160 billion a year. Mm-hmm. And we've seen double digit growth every year for the last 30 years. Add in a worldwide pandemic, and we actually went up 20%. So, so you know, talk about a bull market, right? That's and um, and $160 billion, that's bigger than the movie and music industry combined. Mm-hmm. And when you think about where's that money distributed, okay? You you take a look at the numbers and you'll see that 55% of it is mobile gaming, just in mobile gaming. 25% of it is in the home video game console market, which is Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo. And the other 20% of it is PC gaming, right? So clearly, casual games, simple games, is you know drives the market over the last 10 years but in the home consoles you've kind of seen them xbox playstation and nintendo switch you kind of see them abandon yeah. those kind of fun easy simple or cooperative type of games see what happened in the late 90s when the internet kind of started sneaking into our industry multiplayer gaming now meant a kid in a dark room with his headphones on, right? Mm -hmm. And we think about technology in the 21st century in in the family environment. And people easily say, oh, you know, technology brings us all closer together, doesn't it? You know, me and you are talking on video right now. And and you can say hi to your friend uh, on Facebook that you haven't seen since high school. And, you know, but the reality is, is that inside the family household, and how many of you listening to my voice now maybe have this happen on a daily basis? You know, it's a family of four, let's say, and it's after dinner and, and, and your wife's, uh, you know, she's on Angry Birds or, or, or uh, uh, Instagram. And then you're checking the stocks and your news on your device. And then the, the young son might be playing Fortnite or Roblox or Minecraft. Mm-hmm. And, and the teenage girl's on TikTok or, you know, and it just goes on and on. And so it's like we're in a room together, but everybody they're not spending real quality time together like we used to when we were growing up, you know, going outside and playing, you know, we had, we had a stick and we had to imagine that it was a lightsaber, right. (laughs) You know? And so, Uh, And and all these kinds of things, you know, so being balanced, you know, I'm probably the only CEO of a video game company who will tell you, and who will tell kids and parents, look, your kids shouldn't play video games all the time, you know, Mm -hmm. reading books, getting outside and play having interactions with other people and, and, and children's and other activities. And, you know, that's more important than playing video games. And so, along those lines, what I saw is that the game industry today it's very isolated right Mm -hmm. most games are single player and the ones that aren't are online and so again kid in a room playing they've also become so complicated Mm -hmm. right i mean i used to be able to play my Intellivision, television probably like you did with your mom and dad right easy to pick up and play this and that now like i can't play games with my mom and dad anymore even my wife i I hand them a playstation controller which i personally love i don't want to seem like i'm putting down the other companies i'm not um you know but i hand my dad a playstation 4 controller and it's a non-starter zero starter he's he's or even me i
0: mean even me with my kids like they get mad at me when i'm trying to play a game. Right, yeah. Um, Dad, because... you dummy.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're pointing down. What how come you're running and pointing at the ground or up in the air? Go straight. Yeah. And and because you dual analog sticks and four shoulder buttons and four face buttons, but then you can also push down those analog sticks, and then you have this button and that button. I mean, it's crazy, right? So the home systems and they're expensive. Right. So what if you wanted to play a, a, a PlayStation five game, let's say, with four people, how much would that cost you to do? Well, if you can even find a PlayStation five, I mean, they're, you know, four or five hundred bucks, but you, you, really they're twelve hundred dollars on eBay right now. But but, you know, then you'd have to buy three more controllers. Right. So there's another, you know, two hundred and fifty dollars. The controllers are, you know, 60, 70, 80 dollars. There's a Microsoft Xbox controller, by the way, that's $179, mm. you know, just for one controller. The games are $70, this new generation of, of games are all 70 plus, plus they wanna sell you more. After you buy the $70 game or the $80, or the $100 special edition, it doesn't end there. $20 more will get you this vehicle and $30 more gets you these weapons and outfits and these things, you know, so there's all this downloadable content. And then there's in-app purchases as well there's these things called loot boxes which some states are actually uh uh you know getting rid of uh, because Mm -hmm. it's kind of like a almost a legalized form of gambling where hey pay us ten dollars and maybe you'll get this cool weapon right Mm -hmm. all of the games i don't say all of the games that's not fair but but a majority of these games on these systems as well are violent it's adult content, it's blood, it's gore, it's sexual content, it's bad language. You know, so all of these things, that's what the home video game industry has become. And then you can start to understand and say, oh wow, now maybe I understand why mobile gaming is so popular because they're simple, they're mm-hmm. easy. You don't have all these crazy controllers. You don't have, but what's the biggest problem with mobile? It's still it's isolary, right? It's it's you staring at a monitor. You know the number one concern of young parents. These days in the 21st century is that they give their kids too much alone screen time, right? Mm-hmm. You, you mentioned you have te- you have teenagers. They were kind of the first generation to grow up on That's iPads right. and mobile devices, and and it might be a challenge,
0: you know. Well, uh, we're not. I don't think we know long term what the effects of that right are actually going to be. I, I agree. I agree, and and so and then again
1: you know so not only is mobile that but there's also zero curation you know there's about a million new games that come out every year across iOS and 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 android uh, so the, the you know there's a lot of poor quality and they, let's be honest it is a money suck you know there's constantly if you if if you don't if they don't if you don't get your email so they can market to you then you're going to get a 30 second ad every three minutes, uh, but really they're they want your credit card, you know, and they're literally designing games around how can we suck as much money out of people as possible. So that's kind of where we're at in the video game industry right now, and it's it, it's the exact opposite of what it used to be when guys like me were growing up and and loving games in the arcades in the late 70s, early 80s, and playing our televisions with our family and friends. So. What's in television doing? Our, like you uh, uh, quickly mentioned, our four core tenets are simple, affordable, family, and entertainment. Mm-hmm. And those four words spell out the word safe. So okay. here we go. We don't allow any bad language, blood, gore, violence, sexual content, anything. All of our games are in the rating system that's called rated E for everyone or mm-hmm. E10. So 10, 10 and below, right? So consider us like the Disneyland of video game consoles. Sure. So, so everything is that. We don't allow in-app purchases. We don't allow loot boxes. We don't allow downloadable content. And are you ready for this? All of our games, not only do we not allow any of that stuff, but everything is $10 or less. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the first video game system, Carrie, that's come with two video game controllers. You say, wait a second, hold on. No, that's true. The last video game console that came standard with two controllers was the Super Nintendo in 1990. Really? So that's Yes, I, I and had, that, that tells you mm-hmm. that tells you all you need to know about where the industry has gone, right? Mm-hmm. But not only do you, does it come with two very simple to use controllers, which by the way have a color capacitive touch screen, wireless contact charging, a gyroscope and an accelerometer for motion controls rumble feedback, LED lighting, uh, speaker and a microphone to use. Um, and, and so they're really, really, you know, incredible pieces of technology um, and a very simple disc that you can just put your finger, anyone can, can, you know, pick up and play. And that's the basis of all of our games that were designed is that anyone, no matter what your age, no matter what your gender, no matter what your video game skill level is, anyone can pick up and play. And the great thing is, is that you could pick up and play and you have just as much chance of beating your hardcore gaming mm-hmm. teenager than you do. You can have bragging rights on him, right? Yep. And 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 your wife and your, your parents and everybody. And so our go-to-market strategy is not the 200 million hardcore gamers that are currently Microsoft, Sony, uh, uh, Nintendo and PC, right? That's 200 million. Let those four companies, you know, uh, let those four fight over those 200 million. Now, of course, we're going to get some of those people as well, but that's not who we're marketing and targeting. You know who our target audience is? The 3.1 billion people that play video games on this every single day because they're simple, they're easy and fun. So... All of our games are cooperative. They all have single players modes as well. But every game has, we call it couch co-op, cooperative. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You can play with each other or against each other. And we don't have online gaming either. Because a lot of times parents are concerned about their seven-year-old online you know it's very toxic sometimes online gaming, and they're they're playing Roblox, and the, all of a sudden they learn a couple of new bad words, or you know who knows what's going on. Uh, you know when when they're in the headphones, virtual reality now takes you even more outside of that human contact. Let's let's put a let's put you know a goggle over your eyes and your ears and immerse you into this amazing world. And again, I'm not against any of that stuff. I'm just saying that. In regards to families getting together and playing games, just like we all used to with our parents, we play board games and we do puzzles mm-hmm. and we would play video games some nights and and this and that, you know, getting a, a younger uh, person to even play a card game these days, you know, because they're so immersed in the technology it is becoming harder and harder you know, to do. Now, COVID saw a lot of that come back a little sure. bit because they were almost forced to, right? Yes. And that's what in television, the new machine is called Amico. That's the Italian word for friend. And that's what we're all about is that, you know, simple, affordable family entertainment. And uh, yeah, we're, we're really excited about it. You know, we have uh, already 24 Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm a little, I get passionate when I start. I'm 100% Italian, so I'll, I'll use my hands a lot and, and, and go crazy. Um, but um, yeah, we have 25 million already in purchase and pre orders. Uh, we're in Walmart, uh, GameStop, Best Buy, Amazon Prime, doing a big deal with them. Um, and that's in the US and Canada. In Europe, we're in Media Market. Uh, Saturn, and Argos, which are the the three biggest electronics. uh, So the the
0: console is available now? No, no. Sorry, it's It's available for pre-order. It's coming
1: out this fall, fall? 10-10, 2021. And we have all the greatest licenses from Sesame Street to Major League Baseball, Care Bears, and Mattel Hot Wheels. And I'll give you another example of the video game industry. How many Sesame... Now, Sesame Street, again, our generation, Mm -hmm. right, started 50 years ago. Sesame Street's the number one children's edutainment over the last 50 years, hands Mm -hmm. down. How many video games, Sesame Street video games do you think there are for the home consoles right now? Sony, Microsoft, Nintendo. I'll save save you the Google, zero, Zero. right? So we're the only home video game console that has Sesame Street content. We have sports and recreation. Remember Wii Sports, remember Wii Bowling? right? That was 15 years ago. My mom bought a Wii. Mm -hmm. That was the third biggest selling video game console of all time when it came out. 102 million units sold, generated 50 billion in revenue for Nintendo. And my mom could just do this and she could bowl. She could get it. We have all those same sensibilities. We even have the American Cornhole League is signed up. So, you know, and that's one of our packing games. Our system comes with six games, full games, it comes with two controllers and you can download our free app and hook up to eight mobile devices to the system as well Very for cool. free. Mm-hmm. And all of this games, nine ninety nine 99 or last blah, blah, blah. And all of this for the same exact price as the, Wii was 15 years ago. And that only had one controller and came with one demo, uh, the bowling and the sports. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, our retails are excited. Our manufacturing distributors are excited. We got all the top licenses. And of course, I built an amazing team. Our core executive team has over 600 years of video game experience, just in the video game industry, just, just on the top. So we have over 50 games in development right now with some of the top uh, game developers in the world. So uh, yeah, you know, we're, we've raised over $15 million and uh, we got a couple million more to go and uh, our headquarters is based right here in orange county that's where all of the you know uh it was created and designed um you know and and you know originally our all of our units are built here um now manufacturing you know unfortunately that's out of our control right you know with uh, when you talk about electronics you know, a lot of the stuff's made over there in China, unfortunately, but, uh, I always say, you know, uh, 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 a very wealthy, uh, uh, private business owner here in Orange County said, um, Hey, if I were to give you $75 million, what would you do with it? And I said, I'd build a plant and, uh, and build everything here. And he goes, right answer. Uh, he didn't, I didn't get the 75 million, but you know, it was, it was a good, uh, it was a good answer anyway, but, um, So, yeah, so that's that's where we're at. And uh, we're so proud to be a part of Orange County. You know, I've been here 30, uh, 33 years, uh, 32 years, 32 years. And um, I grew up in the East Coast in Massachusetts for 21 years and then been here 32 years. I'm 53 now. And um, you know, there's so many talented people. And when people think of Southern California or California in general in the tech industry, they they think of Hollywood and the entertainment industry mm-hmm. and, and all that, or they think of Silicon Valley, right? Okay. But the reality is, boy, we don't get enough credit down here in Orange County for the tech and the, and the, and the, you know, everything from, you know, UC, UC Irvine to, you know, all of the incredible talent um, that that's here in Orange County that doesn't get enough
0: praise, you know? So we, we love it. Sure. Yeah, it's, I agree. There's a, there's a tremendous uh, just bench of it all around. So tons of questions. sure I'll try Uh, I'll try
1: to make the answers less than 10 minutes like that last one so so great great
0: great (laughs) jumping off I mean I think it's a great orientation to your background your perspective you know where you are with uh with Intellivision and and Amica with the the launch so first first kind of follow-up you know I I grew up I think I told you my first gaming console was Intellivision Uh, it's it's got a soft spot in my heart I have great fond memories of playing it with my family, with my friends. These are all the games and here. <laughs> yeah, so I, I love it. But I think, you know, it's been fascinating as a parent to see, try to introduce my kids to some of the movies and music and shows and things. And in many cases they've said, dad, this just this just isn't very good, right? That's right. So That's right. how are you, and, and who are you focused on to capture right. the interest because the challenge I think you potentially have, obviously, is if, if my kids don't love it, they're not pulling me into it, mm-hmm. or I'm gonna have a hard time pulling them into it. Like how how do you bridge some of that Great multi-generational question. divide?
1: Yeah, so so you know, we've done a lot of market research and focus group testing. Um, and and so what we find, if you look at the video game industry as a whole, I'll give you kind of how it works in regards to age groups and, and demographics. So when your kids are seven years old, seven or eight years old, they get on Roblox and Minecraft. By the time they're 10 and 11, they'll be asking for a Nintendo Switch. When they're 12 and 13, they're going to get into Fortnite. When they're teenagers, they're going to want a PlayStation or an Xbox. And then when they hit you know, 20, now they're looking into high-end PCs and gaming rigs like that that's a normal kind of thing. Now, what, what I didn't mention is seven and under, right? Um, because mostly the parents are, are giving them, you know, the, the you know, iPhones or the, or the uh, you know, the Androids and, or the iPads or whatever, or the tablets. And so, and that's the problem. The, the problem is, you know, three to seven year olds parents don't want to give them these devices because they don't want to turn them into zombies. Mm -hmm. And it's, and so that's kind of where we're at. So I don't think I'm going to convince your son who's already playing Fortnite or already playing PlayStation five or whatever. I'm not trying to convince him that he wants an Amico and that he's going to want the new Intellivision. Right. Um, again, let the, let the Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo fight over those 200 million hardcores. What I'm going to do is I'm going to convince you and your wife... And and let's say that you had a five-year-old, right? Mm-hmm. So right now in the in the in the we're we're witnessing something on the planet Earth that's never been seen before, um, you know the baby boomers were the one, number one generation for many years, right? Mm-hmm. Until about two years ago when the baby uh, when the millennials took over. Okay. Now, what do we know about millennials? Well, they left home later. They found their careers later. They got their, you know, uh, they got married later, and they're having kids later. Our parents had us when they were in their twenties, right? Mm-hmm. Early, mid, maybe late twenties. Our generation, even Gen Gen X and millennials, we're having kids in our thirties, mm-hmm. right? Some my my friends are in their mid forties having. Children at this. I, I I have one friend who's 52 years old. His wife's just pregnant for the first time, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's uh, you know younger. She's in her uh, early mid 40s, and and so um, you know so and so when I say we're witnessing something we've never experienced right now, just in the United States alone, there's 21 million households that have kids who are seven and under in their households. We've never seen that amount. Of, of young children ever in the, wor- in the world. Over in Europe, you include the Europe and the UK, another 21 million. And if you include Canada and Mexico, so all of North America and all of Europe, UK, it's 65 million households that have children under the age of seven right now. That is mind-blowing. And again, remember what I said about you know, Roblox, and mm-hmm. they start at seven. But what, until they get there, a lot of times it's the parents who are helping to guide. They're buying the four-year-old, the five-year-old, and the six-year-old. Now, if your wife has a choice and she's in Walmart or she's, you know, uh, you know, walking through Walmart and or Costco, and has the opportunity to to buy a video game system that's all family oriented that she can play with you and with the with the young child and with the grandparent. And everybody can have fun together. And it's, and it works out of the box. You don't have to buy three controllers. The games aren't 60 bucks. We're not gonna, you know, blah blah blah. Everything's simple, affordable, and easy. You know, and you see Sesame Street and and Mattel Hot Wheels and things like that on there. Um, you know, that's kind of an easy sell for your, for you or your wife to bring into the family. Sure. And so that's, that's, so, and, we're, and we're going for, you know, religious organizations, we're going for, you know, the people who never typically get marketed to for video games, sure. right? Have you ever seen a Christian video game ad ever? like never right mm-hmm. or how about a latino based ad you know you know the latino community like like us italians they're very family oriented mm-hmm. right roman catholic family oriented very you know the 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 grandparents and the and the kids you know yet yet no one even makes content they're not even thinking about making content it's the same old first person shooter or here's the new Madden football game or whatever right year after year after year and and so that's our approach is just you know we there's this huge gaping hole in the video mm-hmm. game industry and we're about to drive a truck right through it
0: all right <laughs> So you, you brought a point that I, I, I was curious about too. I mean, obviously the last year has brought massive growth because of COVID and, yeah. and people's idle time to, to expand the, the gaming industry. What's your perspective? What do you think will happen post COVID? Do you think families are going to rebound and say, we've got to get out of the house. We, we have to put the controllers and things down so do you, do you have any fear about sort of launching as we're, we're coming out of this period? I'll tell you why it's
1: great. Cause that's another great question and very perceptive. Um, but here's, here's where, here's where I, uh, I come back with you and say, you mentioned everyone wants to get out of the house. No one has seen each other. You haven't had dinner with friends and family. You haven't had friend time. In, in a while, right? And so when COVID is all behind us, you're gonna to start to see groups of people gathering again in households mm. and they're gonna be talking and they're gonna be hugging and they're gonna be playing in television Amico. Okay. Yeah, and so so, not only is it, a, is it a friend type of thing, but it really is. A lot of our games are very party-based, mm-hmm. fun, you know, fun fun stuff to pick up and play and, and easy to play. So, so yeah, I, I feel that that plays into our strength that you know, people have been isolated from gathering together. Mm-hmm. And and our whole our moniker, our motto at Intellivision, if you go to Intellivision.com, you'll see it right there, Intellivision, Together Again. Mm-hmm. And we had that, we had that three years ago before before. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh geez, is that the best motto to have during COVID? We're like, we don't care, we're riding it because that's sure. what we're about. We're about getting people together to play games on and and, and being in a casual, fun, easy way. We don't have five hour adventures these mm-hmm. are simple pick up and play games 15 20 minutes then you switch to the new one and, and this and that you know
0: okay so you you've been at the, i mean you said you know several decades in the gaming industry yeah you know go back when did you you said three years ago you had that tag i mean when when did you have this idea that maybe in television or maybe a more family friendly casual game should be more prevalent than mm-hmm. what it is now. Like, what, so, what, what led you on that entrepreneurial opportunity? Yeah.
1: Well, the, the big eye-opening moment for me personally was 15 years ago when my mom called me up and she said, hey, what do you, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of buying this Wii. I was just mm-hmm. over your aunt's house mm-hmm. and we were playing this bowling game and sure. we were laughing. And, you know, again, the, you know, the, yes. the Italians get together, you know, the, the sisters and the aunts and the uncles and, and they're drinking wine. And, you know, and it was, and I was just blown away. Like, here's my, she's 80 years old now, but at the time, 65, 66 year old mom calling me up asking me, like saying that she played a video game and she, was, and she was thinking about buying one. And I got, my gosh, you know, I guess Nintendo's onto something here, right? Mm-hmm. So that was the first time it kind of clicked because until then, yeah, you know, I just never played games with people who weren't gamers. Mm. I just never played games. I'm just like, oh, they're not into it, right? So my mom getting into the Wii 15 years ago was, a, was eye-opening. So that's but I didn't have the idea back then. I was just sure. like, wow. People who don't normally play video games are playing video games. Mm-hmm. Then 10 years ago when the mobile industry exploded and now again my mom's calling me up, "Oh, I'm playing this this Angry Birds or Candy Crush and it's so fun and this and that." And I'm like, "My mom's like a video game addict now." Mm-hmm. You know, like this is crazy. And then about four years ago, when my mom's telling me about Candy Crush and all this stuff, I'm trying to think, how can I play video games with my mom, mm-hmm. right? And, and she's on Facebook. So we started playing a little words with friends, right? Mm-hmm. That was cool, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like, you know, uh, you know, cause she's in Canada. So, so it was like, you know, uh, like international Scrabble, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, but again, but we weren't together. We weren't, you know, she would move then I would move and then she would move and then I would move and we wouldn't even talk. It would just be like, you know, this and that. And, and so I'm like, gosh, and my dad's here in California with me and my wife, we've been together uh, 12 years and, and, there's, and she plays video games, but there's no video games that we play together. Mm-hmm. And so it's like when we do an activity together it's cards or it's backgammoned or it's a puzzle or it's, you know, a card game or whatever. It's never video games. And I'm just like, this is insane. Like, this is my career. You're playing video games. My mom's playing video games. My dad can't play video games because he doesn't understand any of it, technology. And I'm in the video game industry for 30 years, worked on the biggest games ever. And I can't play anything. Like, and that's when it started to be like, this is ridiculous because... Again, when we were growing up, it was never like that, and and so that's when the kind of the the it was out of necessity of my own. Right, so many businesses, so many entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. Like, how come no one's doing this? Well, I guess I'm going to, <laughs> you know. So mm-hmm. so that was the uh, that was the catalyst for it. Okay,
0: that's that's helpful. I mean, and and right into where I wanted to go next, which is, okay, so you see this issue. Hmm. What what's your process for then deciding? and determining, okay, is this just my issue or right. is there really an opportunity here that I should go pursue? Like how, how are you going through your, cause you've done some other entrepreneurial ventures before, you know, and, and typically we learn from those. So, yeah. you know, what's, what's your process for going, okay there, there's actually really a there there.
1: So it's another great, fantastic question that people don't ask me a lot. Um, And I don't want to sound cocky when I say this, but it's the belief in myself Mm -hmm. having been successful in doing things that no one has done before in the video game industry and, and all these things. And like you mentioned earlier, Guinness world records and all these things. And so it's that confidence. It's the confidence in myself, knowing that I can create things that the masses like, right? So that's the first step. The first step is that I, I that I believe in myself, but you're right, you know, I'm, I'm not insane. I'm not just gonna go start, you know, asking people to invest and asking people for money if it's just a simple one person idea. I started talking to my friends and family. Mm-hmm. I started talking to everyone saying, you know, hey, do you remember the we? Yeah, we love that thing. Yeah, yeah, you know,
0: it's, it's, you know, they don't make it anymore. You know, they don't, they don't. And you know, what happened there? Like, why did they abandon? Because it seemed well, like that had legs. in
1: Yeah, well, well, the video game industry goes in seven year cycles. Sure. And, and so at the end of its seven years, Nintendo came out with a brand new machine called the Wii U, which in video game terms, and especially for Nintendo, was a huge failure. Um, it, it only sold 15 million units. <laughs> uh, you know, again, that's a huge failure. You yeah. know, just, oh no, it only generated one billion. Um, but um, but that's the video game industry for you. And 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 you look at the reason why it failed, and and and, and in my humble opinion, you had a you had the Wii that brought people together and it was simple. And the Wii U was the exact opposite of that, mm. which is you had a screen of this big giant, it was basically like a tablet with with, with control sticks on it, right? And so if you wanted a second one of those, it, they were about $170. So again, if a family of four wanted to, you know, truly now again, you could buy a, alternate controllers. They didn't have to have the screens mm. on and this and that, but the games were more single player experiences than the Wii sports was had with, with mm-hmm. bowling and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, and then, but Nintendo's whole thing is, and again, I commend them for this. Um, their whole concept is, and they'll tell you this themselves, is that we never do the same thing twice. We're innovators. Mm-hmm. And they are absolutely the, 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 the biggest and best innovators, uh, the video game industry has ever seen and they've been consistently doing it for for 35 years right um and hats off Mm -hmm. um so they created they proved that people who don't play video games or buy video games will buy a video game they proved that 15 years ago now they're on to the next thing now with the switch you know now let's do portable gaming and take it with you and this and that and so that was an innovation you know, kind of an innovation. They built off their years. You know, their, their, the Nintendo DS and the Game Boy, their handheld systems were their biggest selling systems of all time. The DS was 155 million units. It's the biggest selling video game system ever of all time. And so they combined what they knew in the living room and what they knew portable and they put it together kind of to combine this hybrid thing. Now, that being said, my mom didn't buy a Nintendo switch. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. And so there's, there's this big, yep. again, have you huge, tried to play one? Right. I have one in my household and I, I barely even try. Yeah.
1: Right. And, and how many multiplayer games are there? Oh, well, here's Mario exactly. Kart, And they give you yep. a, a exactly. controller that's it's four inches and you're trying to like, yes. and it's too small and it's cramps your hands. And, you know, there's, and again, I, I, I never want to come across as I'm trying sure. to, put down. Yeah, I mean, another, you're
0: basically, you're highlighting there's a, there is a. Th- that's the big difference. market opportunity.
1: Huge for, market opportunity. Yeah. Huge difference. And so that was really, um, you know, kind of yes. the genesis of that. All.
0: Okay. So Tommy, I've got a bunch of entrepreneurs that listen to the show mm-hmm. and I talk to them every day as well, given what I do day to day. As you think about your, your journey on this one, you know, you've, you've been doing, startups and and the gaming industry for a long time you've you've had a bunch of different jobs as I described Mm -hmm. so you presumably have all the skills but to build a company you need a lot of other yes how do you go about determining okay this is where I need to be putting my time and attention this is where my gaps or my needs are in building a team as you're getting this off the ground
1: yeah, that's a great question too. I, I mean, I keep saying that, but they are great questions. <laughs> I'm not just saying that. Um, <laughs>
0: this is why I have my own podcast.
1: There like you go. Yeah, you're good yeah. at this. You're good at this. <laughs> I think you can take this somewhere. Um, yeah, so, so to me, passion's the number one thing mm-hmm. um, because that's what drives me to work harder to, you know, everybody on this planet has a million dollar idea or they, mm-hmm. everyone has a dream. Right. And the difference between the people who are successful, and and I say successful, I don't say rich, I don't say wealthy, but a lot of times those go hand in hand. But but you can be successful because you're happy and you have a beautiful life and you're, you know, you, you know, you're you can be, you know, middle class or 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 lower and still be successful. Make no mistake. Right. And so I, you know, when you talk to successful people, you'll find that they all have confidence in themselves and they all have passion for for what they do. Because I think the difference between somebody who's successful and not successful is that there was somebody out there willing to do it longer and harder and take no for the thousandth time when you might've gave up on 999, right? Mm -hmm. And so, never giving up, always believing in yourself, um, and always, and, but, but I think personality skills really, really come into it. A lot of people say to me, because I you know, come from a uh, you know successful you know, musical career, and, and, and I always tell people, I say, look, I'm not the best guitar player or composer out there, but I'm one of the most successful in the video game industry, um, and that's because people sometimes put too much and people hate when I say this, by the way, so I'm going to say something controversial and it might piss some people off, but you know, you need to hear it is that the most talented people always don't get the gig. You know, the most talented people don't, aren't always the most successful people. Right. Mm -hmm. And so people need to stop focusing a hundred percent on the creative and the talent aspect But what if you were to split 50-50 of your time and do the other most important thing, which people sometimes, you know, the successful people know, and and the ones still trying to get there may not, networking. Mm. Networking and, and, you know, improving your own self-help and self-abilities, whether it's through, you know you know, Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich uh, or, or how to get people to fall in love with you or the secret, you know, positive mental attitude, mm-hmm. the art of attraction. Read all of it folks, cause it's a hundred percent true. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if you are in the mindset of great things are going to happen to me, I know I'm gonna get to the top of the mountain. I might not know how I'm gonna get there and when I'm gonna get there, but son of a gun, I'm going to be at the top of it and nothing is going to stop me. And if you truly believe that, and you truly will. You will be up there, my friends. It's it's a it's a guaranteed fact. I'm sorry, it is. And and I always I approach every single day of my life. I uh, of course gratitude. I have vision boards. I do all that stuff. I, I visualize success. All of that stuff that that they they teach you and train you and all in all those great self help videos, right, and books mm-hmm. and things. And it's and it works and it's great and it keeps you positive and you you know. Mm-hmm. But I always think about my favorite movie of all time and my favorite scene of my favorite movie, which is Rocky. Okay, again, East Coast Italian, how am I gonna yeah. grow yeah. up in the 70s? How am I gonna not like love Rocky, exactly. right? But I look at that <laughs> the 14th round, Apollo Creed finally knocks Rocky down for what he feels is the final time, right? Mm-hmm. And Mickey, his trainer, who's been with him through thick and thin, is telling him, kids, stay down, kids, stay down, stay down. The crowd's going crazy. Apollo's got his hands in the air as he turns his back to Rocky. And and Adrian comes out of the the back because she couldn't watch the fight, but she hears this commotion. And there she sees Rocky on the ground and she's in tears and she has to look away in pain. And what's Rocky doing? Rocky doesn't. Care. He is getting up. You can knock him down. It doesn't matter. He gets up, and my favorite scene ever is when when Apollo turns around because he hears the crowd cheering. He turns around, and there's Rocky standing there still, and he's going, "Come on, come on!" And he just puts his hands on his hips. Apollo, and he just goes like this, I cannot believe this guy, right? And I think about that and I'll watch that every couple of times a week. I think about that scene every single day of my life no matter what you throw at me, no matter, I don't care if it's COVID, it's riots, what do you got, murder hornets? What else you got, locusts? Throw them at me, worst economy ever in 100 years, worst unemployment, no VC spending money on anything. What else you got for me? Bring it on, I don't care, I'm going to win. I will be at the top of that mountain. And I know that there's gonna be snow and there's gonna be sleet and there's gonna be rain and there's gonna be rocks falling down at me and I'll get to certain spots where I can't get around. So I'm gonna have to figure out a way. There's gonna be people from below trying to drag me down by my heels. I'm gonna be at the top of that mountain. And then when you get to the top of that mountain the first time, that's why it's so important to set, even if they're small goals, achievable goals, set those. Get the confidence that, you know what? I did that. I didn't give up. And I did this small thing because when you get to the top of that mountain, now it's just a matter of looking around and saying, picking the next mountain you want to start mm-hmm. to climb. Mm-hmm. And that's how I've done my entire career. Now, this mountain is the biggest mountain I've climbed. I don't care. I don't guess you know, I'm going to get to the top. It doesn't matter. So, so that's, that's the thing that I would say to other entrepreneurs is, you know, you know never give up, always have confidence in yourself and you have to have the right team of people around you. I can't tell you how many times we have about 60 full-time employees now. And I would rather hire somebody with passion than somebody that has more experience. I'll hire somebody with less experience and passion over the person that has all the experience, but I can't get a good read on, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, Passion is the most important thing for me and believing in what I believe in, the vision of the machine. If I see them excited as I am about it, if they're just going in and it's just another six figure job to them, I'm not interested, I'm really not, I don't care. I'll wait around for the person who is, because that's what drives people more than anyone. And, and I know sometimes as entrepreneurs and we're trying to fill spots, it's like, man, I really need this spot. And okay, this person has 20 years experience. <sighs> okay, it, it's, it, they're, they're perfect on paper or whatever. I'm sorry, that doesn't, in, in this world, I, I just, I don't buy it, you know? And And what you'll find is if, you know, so we're very cautious about bringing people in that could affect our amazing culture that we create, because all of us truly do feel like a family, you know, it's like a band, you know, if you got that one bass player who just doesn't care about the rest of you and is only doing Mm -hmm. it for fun and doesn't really care if the band's going to make it or not, then, you know, let's call them the Peter Best, the drummer we will say, then get a Ringo, (laughs) you know, Um, you know, and so and that's not fair to Peter Best, but, but anyway, but uh, it's the first thing that popped in, but, but that's what I'm talking about is, is that, you know, getting the right team of people around you, the team, the team of friends, the team of family, the, the people who you want to be in the foxhole with when the shit goes down, you want to trust the people standing and sitting and, and kneeling next to you and with you, you know, and I never say that people work for me. Mm-hmm. I don't have, people don't work for me at television. They work with me yeah. at Intellivision. Yeah.
0: That's that's so, Tommy, it's, it's so good. I don't even know how to do anything other than end it there. I mean, amazing. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for joining me, for sharing this, I mean, incredible story. Uh, I mean, there's so much wisdom and perspective in, in those thoughts as well. Uh, I'm super excited. I'm, I can very confidently tell you there will be an Amico in my house and awesome. I will be an Intellivision customer because I want to, I want to bring it back to my family. Yeah. I'm super excited for the journey ahead for you and, uh, and, and having it in my house and, and let's definitely stay in touch and great to have you here in Orange County. So thanks. I appreciate it, Carrie. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Operate Podcast. If you like this conversation, as a favor to me, you can rate us, review us, or subscribe, or tell your friends. You can also reach out to us on Twitter at Operate Podcast. Until next week, get out there and operate.